superior power. All right, there's a divine idea. I will go, Lord, send me. How many of you have offered that prayer, right? I will go where you will lead me. Did you mean there? <laughs> I wasn't thinking there when I said that. So we are ending a series on the courage to imagine that we've been talking about over these last six weeks. And today our message on, is on the courage to take action. And so this week I became aware of a story that I wanted to share with you. It's a story that was written in a little parable by Megan McKenna with the title, So What? So here's the story. So there was a woman, and she was very depressed about the state of the world, very despondent. She wanted peace, and everyone fed, and everyone in harmony, but it was clear in watching the news and looking out into the world that that just was not the state of the world. And so she felt hopeless and helpless. And so she did what so many of us do when we're feeling depressed and hopeless and helpless. She decided some retail therapy was in order. And she went to the local mall where she was walking and saw a store that she hadn't seen before. It looked unusual, so she decided to walk in. And much to her surprise, when she walked into the store there behind the counter was a man who looked an awful lot like Jesus. And so she decided to work up the courage and go up and ask. Are you Jesus? And he replied, why, yes, I am. And she said, well, do you work here at this store? He says, no, I actually own this store. And she says, well, what do you sell here? And Jesus' response was, anything. What are you looking for? And she answered, well, I don't know. And so he gave her a a piece of paper and a pen, and he says, well, I tell you what, wander up and down the aisles, and whatever you see that you'd like, write it down on this piece of paper, and when you're done looking, come back up to me at the counter here, and we'll see what we can do. So she took her paper, and she took her pen, and she began walking up and down the aisles, and she was so excited because there on the shelves were things like world peace and harmony with families and no more war and the world, everyone in the world is fed, and everyone is taking care of the resources of this planet. And she was writing furiously all of these things that she had been imagining and wanting. And there they were, right in the store, ready for her to, to receive. So she finished her long and extensive list and brought it back to Jesus, gave it to him. And he looked at the list and read through it, each and every one, and said, no problem. He set the list down, and he said, I'll be right back. And he disappeared under the counter and started pulling things out from under the counter. And as he came back up on the counter, he placed up on the counter a bunch of food packets. And she says, well, well, what's this? And he says, well, we're a, a seed store. So I have these packets of seeds that have everything that you're wanting. And what you need to do is to take these seeds and plant these seeds, nurture them, care for them. Help them to grow. And someday, likely when you're no longer with us, someone will reap the reward of those seeds. And the woman took a deep breath and sighed, shook her head, and walked out the door. We all have our ideas, don't we? And our imagination, those things that we want to see in this world, 
But it is not enough to have an idea in mind if we are also not willing to take action to bring that idea into demonstration. And so today, we are talking about taking action, the courage to take action. So that each and every one of us, as we take our action, remembers that we are planting the seeds in human consciousness to create the change that we want to see, and we detach from the outcome and let it come about in its divine, right, and perfect time. So we began with this idea of needing to, how do we do this? How do we create? How do we imagine? We began by recognizing that the first step is to empty ourselves, right? Remember that first week when all of those empty boxes were here up on the stage? Those boxes that had been filled at Christmas time with the gifts and the joy and the wonder of Christmas, and now we're likely sitting empty in our garages. We brought all those boxes in and we put them up here on the stage. and They were a reminder that the first step is to have the courage to empty. The courage to empty ourselves of every idea, thought, habit that we are holding that is out of alignment with our truth. The courage to come with a beginner's mind to get out of the I don't, I know and, and come back to the I don't know. The courage to let go of the idea, for example, that I know world peace is not possible, it will never be possible. To move out of that I know and empty ourselves of that idea. To move out of the I know that there will always be those that need food and shelter and clothing. That's just the way of the world. Let's move out of that I know and empty our mind back to beginner's mind where divine ideas can take root. To empty ourselves of everything that is out of alignment with possibility for this moment. And as we move from there, that first step, first we have to empty ourselves, make space, make way. Then we come into a a courage to be aware. The courage to be aware of what? The courage to be aware that you and I, sitting right here in this room as we are, are divine. That is the truth of who we are. Charles Fillmore tells us that quote on the back of your bulletin, he says, from Keep It Through Lent, in making your demonstration, work for the conviction in your own heart that you are a son of God. You are a son of God. Next, declare it in word and carry it out in the acts of your daily life. You are divine. Jesus told us, not only am I the light of the world, but he said to us, you are the light of the world. He said, all of the things that I have done, you can do even greater things than that. Come into awareness, have the courage to be aware that this is the truth of who you are and who I am and who we are. And not only us here in this room, right, but everybody out in the world, that is the truth of them, too. We have the courage to be aware of that. And to be aware of any time that we are not living from that place. Any time that we are living from the idea that, that we're not enough. That, that we're in lack. That we're in limitation. 
to become aware so that we can engage our power of will and choose again. Come back into an awareness that I am the light of the world. I am the Son of God. I am the Christ distracted. That is the second step of having the courage to imagine. And then once we've got to that place, once we've emptied every idea that is not in alignment with that and owned fully in our awareness that we are the Christ, then we can move to the next step, which is having the courage to listen. We are, each and every one of us, at one with divine mind. And that divine mind contains every divine idea. There is a perfect divine idea for each and every one of us and for our lives. So as I sit, empty, aware, I listen deeply. I listen expecting to hear. What am I going to hear? Now, I don't know about you, but I rarely hear like this audible voice of God saying, Joanne, this is what I want you to do. You know, it just doesn't work. It might work that way for you, but it doesn't work that way for me. Most of the time what happens is, is I'm in that listening, and I usually take a question with me like, what does love look like here? Or what is my next right step here? Or what is mine to do here? As I'm sitting in that listening for that divine idea, an idea comes and it's not the idea I want to hear. It usually makes me feel uncomfortable. It's usually like, no, not that. And that's usually the exact thing that I need to do. That divine idea that as I listen with great expectation comes and encourages me to change. To change. To do something different. The courage to listen for that divine idea. Again, from Charles Fillmore in Prosperity, you first get the idea in consciousness, direct from their divine source. We get the idea in consciousness as we listen directly from that divine mind that is God. And then we begin to demonstrate in the outer. It is an exact law and it is scientific and unfailing. And we have the courage to embrace that. And then last week we talked about having the courage to imagine, right? Being willing to enter into the messiness of creation. I talked about how children who are allowed to be messy, to color outside of the lines and to make a a tree that's not that perfect lollipop tree, right? That are able to get messy. That they are children who grow up willing to take risks and willing to fail. We must be willing to take risks. We must be willing to fail. We must be willing for it to be messy in order to truly imagine and think outside of the box. And so what's happened is all of you in your imagination have filled up those empty boxes, right? And they've started filling up the stage and the chaos continued through last week. But now we're in the courage to act. And the courage to act invites us to put things in order. Our community outreach team, God bless them, last week as they heard that lesson, they said to themselves, well, there must be some action we need to take as the community outreach team. We've been 
collecting these things for the Lutheran's men's ministry, and it was a mess, and it was chaos, and so they decided to come and put it in order. And in putting it in order, they said, there's something more we need to do. What is it? And so they had the courage to imagine, and they put that on each of those boxes to remind us to have the courage to imagine. Anybody guess what they were inspired by? Somebody that said, I came in and I heard the John Lennon song. I think that was John, right? Right? So they were inspired by that. But here's the thing. We cannot get stuck in just imagining. So we've got this beautiful sign, imagine no hate. Can you join me in imagining no hate? And now, can you imagine giving yourself over to that divine power and presence and say, God, use me. How would I show up and take action that I might be that love expression? It's not enough to imagine no hate. We must be that love that we want to see. And you and I get to choose what is mine to do, what is mine to be, but we must take action. It is not enough to only have the idea. Imagine unity for all. Imagine one world. Imagine that. Don't we all want that? But what does it require from us in order to bring that demonstration about? I have to become aware of everything in my consciousness that creates a sense of separation and exclusivity. Who do I leave out of my circle? Who have I not chosen to realize my oneness with? I begin within myself, changing my own thoughts and taking action from that. So who can I include today? Who have I left out of my circle that I can widen my circle and invite back in? Action is necessary. Imagine no greed. That's on there. Imagine no greed. Now, I know as soon as I say that, you're thinking about somebody that you think is greedy, right? Yeah, they need to learn that lesson. They need to take action on that. But how many of us have attachments to our things? Don't make me let go of that. What can I release, let go of, circulate? Without fear. It's not enough to imagine it. We have to be willing to take action with it. And that takes great courage to give ourselves over to that presence of God and to say, use me, I'm willing. Because I guarantee you when you do that, what you fear will stress you beyond your imagination. So this is how Charles Fillmore puts it. This comes from uh, the book Christian Healing, which we've been reading in our Healing and Wholeness class. And I found this last week, and I thought, this speaks right to this. This is what he says. Mind manifests through faculties. If mind is to comprehend increasingly, there must be an increase of these avenues. That man has latent possibilities goes without argument. Let me say that again. That you have latent possibilities goes without argument. That I have latent possibilities that I have not even tapped into goes without argument. Can we ask ourselves that question? What 
possibility has been lying within me, undemonstrated that I am right here, right now, being called forth to act on so that I can help create a world that works for all beings. How is that? That there is a limit to the ability of mind is unthinkable. How many times do we get stuck in our own mind and the problems of our own mind that we cannot see beyond that? But if it is true that we are one with God, God is one with us, and in that oneness we are always connected to divine mind where every possibility exists, how could we ever be limited in our mind? So let's have the courage to accept that idea that there is no limit to the ability of our mind. Charles goes on to say, what a man imagines he can do, that he can do. Can you imagine peace? Can you imagine no hunger? Can you imagine taking care of the earth? Can you imagine oneness? Can you imagine unity? If we can imagine it, we can do it because the divine mind of God has the answer for us, even as here in this moment we don't know what it is that will take us from here to there. To allow the imagination to drift in daydreaming never brings anything to pass. I'm just getting this picture in my mind now of when I was in sixth grade and I loved to daydream. I'd stare out the window. And I can remember my teacher saying that to my, my mom. Like, she's a really great student and all, but she sure does like to daydream. And maybe that was you. Maybe you today love to daydream. There's nothing wrong with daydreaming. Just yet, the daydreaming alone isn't going to change anything. So let us open up and daydream, but then let us have the courage to act. Ideas must be worked up into living, breathing, thinking things. Man can compress his vagrant ideas into visibility as the chemist liquefies and makes visible the invisible atmosphere. But to do this, he must, like the chemist, have the necessary machinery. We have the necessary machinery. We have that spirit of God within us. We have oneness with divine mind. We have the ability to receive divine ideas. And we have the ability to choose to take action on those divine ideas. And that takes courage. Courage. The heart. Right? Bringing our whole heart, our whole self, our whole mind into it. So in this community, we have ones who have had the courage to say yes to a divine opportunity to serve. And that is our prayer chaplain. Yesterday, we went through a full training with them. And today, we're going to acknowledge their courage. Their courage. Imagine you, not as a prayer chaplain, having the courage to sit in those chairs open and receptive to pray with someone individually, not knowing what the prayer request is going to be. They have the courage to say yes to holding that sacred space of possibility. They have the courage to say yes to listening deeply to the sharing. They have the courage to pray from their heart, not always knowing what the words are that they're going to say. They have the courage to hold it all in confidence. So I'd like to invite those prayer chaplains up so that we can honor the courage of their commitment to be the prayer chaplains in this community for our next year. So 
come up to the stage. And as they're coming up to the stage, I want to acknowledge three prayer chaplains that served this past year that heard within themselves that it was time to release that and to perhaps move on to other things. And so those would be James Monhala, Marilyn Volkerding, and Vivian Bates. And so we thank you for the courage that you had to, to be there this past year, even as these ones say yes this year. So we've got one missing because she's in Florida, and that's Lori Grimes. I just invite you to hold Lori Grimes in this space of possibility as well. So I know that while it takes courage for all of them to say yes, it also takes courage for all of you to reach out and go sit and ask for prayer. That, too, takes great courage. So how many of you have had the courage to go and pray with one of our prayer chaplains? Beautiful. And so what I want to ask is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of you that have had the courage to have the courage now to come forward so you can help me anoint these beautiful prayer chaplains for this year. So eight of you, come on forward. like the price is right. Come on down. Come on down. Take a anointing. Take an anointing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Four more. Good. That's okay. Nobody knows what they're supposed to do. This is true courage. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm willing to go and find out, right? So, so I think, Rolf, is there one more left here? Yep, Virginia there. Okay. All right, so, so I was asked by the audiovisual team if, and this is going to be a little bit of a challenge because we've got a, a limited space on our stage, but if you would all be willing to turn sideways to one another, because that way, so you might have to spread out a little bit more, but that way our co- community can, can see this anointing, right? Some of you can come down. There you go. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're going to be facing one another. Facing one another. Beautiful. So an anointing is a pouring out of love. So these ones that have come up to anoint are pouring out their love on the hands of those who have had the courage to say, yes, I am willing to be a prayer chaplain. And what you're saying in this anointing, in your own words, whatever those words are, is I see you. Thank you. I behold the Christ in you. Whatever your words are, I invite you in this moment to anoint their hands for this sacred service. As each of us, there is witness. So the hands are anointed. We recognize the courage. We are grateful to those who had the courage to come forward and do the anointing. And I'm going to invite those who did the anointing, you can come on back down. And I want our prayer chaplains to stay up there because we want to give you a blessing now. And so we have up here on stage our prayer chaplains for this year, Jesse St. Christopher, Virginia Collins, Karen Kasmer, Tavia Harwell, Michelle Cole, Susan Armstrong, 
We have Pamela McHugh, and we have Lisa Simino. And so, oh, oh, where's Zoe? She's teaching with the kids. See, this is her service. So thank you, Joey Bird, also, and Lori Grimes. So we hold all of them, and I'm going to invite us to give them a unity blessing. So, you know, get the energy going. Imagine that power and presence that is God is going to move through our hands to bless them. And our blessing goes, prayer chaplains, we love you, we bless you, we, we'll do it in a minute, and we appreciate you, and we behold the Christ as you. So are you ready? Prayer chaplains, we love you, we bless you, we appreciate you, and we behold the Christ as you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cake to celebrate. Ooh. Ooh. All right. So just as each of them absolutely had the courage to say yes, to take action, each of us has the opportunity to do that every day. There are unlimited opportunities to practice our courage to act. So on the back of your bulletin again today is our spiritual practice. Before taking action, pause and consider whether the action you are now planning to take is in alignment with your intention and your true nature as the light of God expresses. We take a breath. We breathe. We become aware. We listen. And we have the courage to act in alignment with that divine possibility. Are you all willing to do that with me this week? Beautiful. And we get to practice for this whole year, because while the series is done, the courage to imagine is our overall theme for this year. And I cannot wait to see what we do, because I know with God all things are possible. Thank you, friends. God bless.